You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. Hello, everybody. This is the Radiant Culture Podcast. I'm Tana. My name is TJ. And today we are joined by the amazing, the awesome, the magnificent, Pastor Craig. <laughs> the one and only. How are you doing, Pastor Craig? Hello, guys. I'm excited. I'm happy. And I'm so glad to be here. That's how I'm doing. Yeah, so let's get right into it. So today we want to have the pastoral perspective in regards to the issue of polygamy. We've been speaking about it and having debates for the past two episodes of this podcast. But today we really want to understand how the church and how our church leadership should try and deal with the issue of polygamy mm -hmm. in the church amongst believers. And so we have Pastor Craig here and he is going to shed some light on a range of issues. And I'm sure it's going to be a very enlightening discussion that we are going to have. And so I think the first question that I would like to ask <laughs> is we know that divorce is not in God's original design. But let's say we have a polygamist who has become a Christian and has realized that what they were doing is not necessarily in God's best for their lives, God's perfect will for their lives. And they have decided that maybe I should leave my subsequent wives or my subsequent husbands, <laughs> if we're talking in the case of polyandry. Would you advise that? Is, does divorce then become permissible in a case where someone had, was, pre, was previously a polygamist? I actually don't know if divorce um, <laughs> exists when you talk about uh, polygamy, as it were. Okay. In other words, I don't think uh, there would be anything remiss for, say, an individual to choose to be with, with, with one woman. What I think would be um, a, an important thing is how does he deal, especially um, with his children from the other, from the other women mm. that may be concerned. So obviously, supposing somebody says, okay, this is me, I've decided to settle for one woman, mm -hmm. I would then say uh, the fact that you've got children is um is a call for you to to exercise uh, responsibility over their their welfare mm -hmm. so much uh, just like uh, supposing somebody who's married happens to have children uh, by the side even though he may not be married mm -hmm. to somebody we still expect uh, from the church that you take care of your children so that would be some some expectation that we would do and um certainly when i look at even the abraham sarah and hagar a kind of example, you see that God was interested in the boy Ishmael, even though his mother uh, and himself were banished from the setup where Abraham and Sarah were there. So, so when you see God's concern for these, then obviously you would encourage um, those, say, that have let go the other women to be responsible mm -hmm. and to take care of the children. So they definitely should let go of the other women. I would, I would, um, I would be okay with the person letting go. In fact, um, when I look personally, obviously, at the, at the whole poly polygamy kind of um, setting, like we've been discussing over the past number of weeks, mm -hmm. for me, the most ideal, and even in, when I look at scripture, the most ideal situation is that a man and his wife be together. Mm -hmm. So I would have no problem with uh, liberating the women 
to go find um, other men who can be solely dedicated to them. Think about it this way. There's four of us mm-hmm. who are sharing one car. Mm-hmm. You know, it's possible for four of us to share one car or for four of us to share one cell phone, mm-hmm. right? It's possible. Yeah. And it, we can come up with uh, practical ways to share a cell phone. You know, I don't know how we'll do WhatsApp though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? Is it not uh, easier for each man to have his own cell phone? Mm. That kind of a thing. Even though we might look at certain benefits and uh, whatever of, of sharing one phone. So I would say, I would, I, would, I would actually encourage people to liberate people to go and um, experience the exclusivity and the joys that come with having your one partner mm. who is dedicated to you, who's committed to you, who's all about you and nothing else. Mm. So that guess what? When you wake up in the morning, you're not wondering who's using the car today. And uh, what if we all want to use the car at the same time? And we can't because, hey, we can only get to that kind of a situation. So my, my personal take would be free people to enjoy the joys of being one with your one. As mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, sharing that kind of a thing. So that would be my take, yes. On another side to this, I think this mm. is also, like people would then say, your chances reduce of getting remarried again, even if he lets you go, reduce like practically as in because of maybe sometimes the stigma that society has on she was married before and that sort of thing. So some would say you are leaving her more so exposed and that's why like there was that verse that was saying if a man sleeps with a woman he should marry her and then take care of her no not really uh, i'll answer that from a very practical perspective mm-hmm. there's many people who after divorce i'm not even talking uh, polygamy here yes after divorce have gone on to remarry mm-hmm. there's many women who after divorce have also gone to remarry in fact uh, I don't know if you should call it fortunate or unfortunate, or we may just call it reality. Mm-hmm. The situation or the world we're in right now, you have a very good number of marriages where you've got people that are not in a first marriage, but in a subsequent marriage from a previous marriage. Mm-hmm. So the argument to say that someone, if I can use my own English, is less viable, mm-hmm. I don't think it, uh, it, it, it might be a very strong argument. Okay. right? I believe that um, people can get up and move on. Right, people can get up and move on. Love is a very, it's a mystery actually. Mm. Love is a mystery. Sometimes the people you think are not wanted mm. will be shocked by being desired by the most unlikeliest of people. Mm. Yeah. That kind of a thing. People you thought um, they're 60, mm. right? They're a widow. We're not even talking polygamy, we're not even talking divorce here. You find out a 60 year old uh, young lady. <laughs> is finding an, uh, a, a, a 70-year-old guy, you know, mm. and they're getting together and they're getting married. I've heard of people over 90, yeah. you know, who are obviously a widow and widow, respectively, mm. who've found each other and actually getting married in their 90s. Mm. So um, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't worry about a person's viability with regards to finding, finding somebody. It's, it's happening all the time okay. without even mentioning polygamy. Okay. That's good. I guess the the question that I would be concerned about is when you are in a polygamous setup, each of you as the wives to this husband are equally a wife, right? So which wife should this man choose? Should he decide that I'm letting go 
of some of 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 some of my wives and I'm staying with one. Which wife would that be? The first one? Or the last one? <laughs> <laughs> the newest model? Yeah. <laughs> I I would I, I that's difficult, eh? That's yeah. difficult to answer mm. in that um in Shona they say that the heart is like a tree mm. in the in the in the forest which just grows wherever it wants. Yeah. In other words, it's talking about choice. Yeah. In such a place, I would leave that choice to a man to choose personally. Mm-hmm. Right? I would say choose the one you want to be with and the one you settle for and the one that you, that you commit to. Mm-hmm. Again, let's let's just take out polygamy out of it here. Yeah. Let's assume we're dealing with Dan. Dan is a 28-year-old guy who has got four girlfriends. Not married to those four girlfriends. And for some reason, Dan has been very busy with those girlfriends that he happens to have children with all four girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Dan finds Jesus and uh, he, he agrees to be responsible and to choose one woman. Mm-hmm. The same question would apply to say, okay, so Dan, who does Dan go for? The same way would say to Dan, okay, Dan, you can't now settle for girlfriends. Mm-hmm. In, this, in this case in point, mm-hmm. find who you want, who you settle for and then be committed to that person is probably how I would answer this, this same question as well. To say to the man, okay, choose, choose who you shall be with. Mm-hmm. And then free the others. That's the other important thing. You see, free the other ones to go and find a new life. Mm-hmm. The same way we want to free a widow, right? Uh, I know certain communities where if you're a widow, you're not allowed to be married. Never mind if someone wants you or not. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> I know certain people where men, actually, they divorce a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he moves on, but he doesn't want the woman to even move on, even though he's moved on. That kind yes. of a thing. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> there's, there's those crazy scenarios, uh, yeah. as it were. So the point, is, as far as I'm concerned, is choose who you want, but free the others. Right? to go find themselves and find someone who they were before. So yeah, choose who you want and, uh, and let the others go. Hey. Okay. That's a great example. <laughs> and guess what? Someone might say, what if the other women wanted him? Mm-hmm. Again, I, I, I want to take it out of the polygamy setting. Mm-hmm. You're a girl. You love someone so much. Mm-hmm. He tells you, you want, he wants to marry you. Mm-hmm. But you, you suddenly discover you're full with this guy who you are so 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 truly madly mm. deeply in love with in fact you found out that he is actually married even though he had been telling you he loves you oh, wow. you see um what do we tell girls like that the same thing i'm saying right now girl you can rise up mm-hmm. you can move on yeah. you can find somebody yeah yeah and with god all things are possible amen 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 so how do you feel that polygamy should be treated in the church what a wonderful question. Mm. <laughs> I must uh, first and foremost uh, say that um, there's different churches mm-hmm. and there's different perspectives regarding um, how they feel yeah. that uh, polygamy should be handled. What I've noticed from experience is that uh, most of them um, tend to agree that if a person is in a polygamous setup, um, they must not take leadership position. Yes. I think in, in, in the vast majority of places where they've recognized that this is happening, not to say that they're condoning polygamy or supporting, of course some do support, um, I've noted that uh, generally the, the first perspective is if a person is, uh, is, is polygamous, as it were, 
generally the feeling is that uh, such a person must not take leadership position. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, then uh, with regards to where we're coming from, like I said, if you to throw this question to me personally, firstly, we, we don't condone polygamy. Mm-hmm. And by all means, we would try to avoid anybody from entering into it. But the question becomes, how about if somebody comes, comes practically in such a place? There's two things. Number one, I would say, like I said, choose one and free the rest. Just don't forget to take care of your children. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to take care of your children. But free the other women to find people that can love them mm-hmm. and love them alone and then just be exclusively available to them. That would be my first you then obviously find um, cases where, for whatever reason or the other, there may be couples who are unable to step out from this current advice, which I'm, I'm saying for whatever reason, mm-hmm. right? I would obviously then counsel them to live in harmony, mm-hmm. in peace, respectfully, and to fear God. Oh, so you, you actually accept them to still be a part of the church even though they still maintain their polygamous... Absolutely. Okay. I, think, I think the church must be open for everybody. I think generally, before we look at whatever person's status, mm-hmm. the church generally must be open. And um, I like what somebody said, God loves us for who we are, mm-hmm. even though he may not necessarily be happy or want us to remain the way that we are. So at a very basic level, anybody who comes to church must be accepted. And remember, when you're talking about polygamy, we are probably talking about people who practically choose to make public their status. Yeah. So in, in a lot of churches, you have women who come up, who just tell you you're married, they're married. They'll never tell you who their husband is. They'll wow. just tell you my husband is at home. He is there. <laughs> Please pray for our marriage. She doesn't want to come to church mm-hmm. without necessarily, for whatever reason, coming out in the open to say, actually, I'm a third wife or I'm a first wife or we've mm-hmm. got uh, these kinds of situations. Yeah. So those women, they come in. Nobody would even have an idea that they're in a polygamy. In mm-hmm. fact, some of them who are then obviously a privilege to get some sort of follow-up and relationship with the church, people might actually visit them and see the husband and not still know. That, that they're in such a setting. So I'm yeah. saying the church generally must be open to everybody. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they choose to be in a polygamy or out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Where, like I'm saying, practically, for whatever reason, the church has failed to, um, uh, probably, as far as I'm concerned, uh, failed to at least uh, counsel them into finding better, because I believe there's a better, there's a better way, which is one-to-one, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. That's why I said, then teach people to be respectful. Mm-hmm. Teach people to be considerate. Teach people, um, in a sense, and I'm really now talking across the women and the children here, to what? To, to, to exercise love. In the same way that if, say, a wife found out that her husband has got children by the side, she discovers that mm-hmm. he's got uh, children by the side, outside of their marriage. We wouldn't tell that woman to be evil to those children, yeah. to be uh, angry or to mistreat them, because some do, would still say, even though this is unfortunate and this is not what God wants, treat them with respect because God loves them. He cares for them. He is concerned about their lives. So then be a Christian to, to such people. Yeah. 
Oh, that's good. That's good. And then on the other side, like what you were mentioning before when you were saying God's original plan, mm. right? Mm. What you were saying, the preferred state of the one-to-one. One. Mm. Um, the other side would be that, you know, people say God actually mandated us to be fruitful and multiply, mm-hmm. right? And what better setting to do this? Than in a polygamous relationship, <laughs> yeah. because you know, if I if I'm trying to have many kids, mm-hmm. this is a guarantee that it like well, in a sense, you know, we we know that children are a gift from God, but mm-hmm. in a sense that if I have five wives, I'm more likely to be fruitful and multiply. So, from a moral perspective, from a moral perspective, how do you deal with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, don't agree. Eh? I actually think. Um, when it's one with five, it's different to if it's uh, five of us with five different women. I don't know if that's making sense. So mm-hmm. how I'm able to perform as a man oh. when I've got five children and the output that comes is different to if all five women had their separate husbands. That's a personal perspective. Of course, what oh. we know, of course, what we know, particularly from certain religions and from certain settings, is that obviously they have a number of wives. But I don't think it's, it's accurate, mathematically or practically, to suggest that the reason why there's less children is necessarily because people are not in a polygamy. Mm-hmm. Right? So, for instance, if those five women, remember, it's one man, let's assume it's, it's one man with five, five women, is making five children per mm-hmm. woman. It doesn't mean if all those women had one husband each, it would then mean suddenly the number of children is depreciated because each of them had one husband. No. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm saying I actually feel personally, practically, we could have more children if each husband had one woman. But that's just the one practical bit of children. Mm-hmm. But we also know that life is more, is much more than just being fruitful in terms of children. Mm-hmm. When we look at the fiber of the family, when we look at love between a husband and wife, and when we look at um, those dynamics in terms of yeah, just raising a family, there's so much more that a person stands to gain when they happen to be in a, in a, in a setting where there's not many wives and one man, mm-hmm. right? So those, they, 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 those, there's those advantages that are lost sometimes to people in pursuit of just trying to have many, many children. Right. I, I know that my grandfather, for example, not my grandfather, in fact, many families, it's us generations who are doing less. But our parents, at least my generation, most of them would be born in households where each of them had eight children, seven children, 12 children, one true. woman. You see, that's that one woman, true. one man. That kind of a thing. Now, are you telling me that if you've got five men, all of them with, uh, with their, each of them with their wives, uh, they're producing eight children and not being fruitful and multiply? For us to multiply, literally, we just need, as far as I'm concerned, uh, just a couple having two children. If that just happens successfully or successively, mm-hmm. our numbers are going to keep, um, are going to keep uh, exponentially mm-hmm. growing. Mm-hmm. without even trying to have many, many children with, with many wives, as it were. Oh, I see what you mean. Again, in, in, an interesting thing you mentioned was that, you know, like statistically, like what you were explaining, that it actually makes more sense for people to have their individual husbands and mm. then have mm. their wives in their own settings. Mm. 
Again, another interesting statistic. I, I, I don't know if I'm still correct because I, I don't think we've had like a census of the sort in a while mm. where they were saying at some point it was uh, the population statistics were saying there was one male for every five to seven women. Mm-hmm. So it would seem as if it were, if every man were to get one wife, there would be a large number of women who are unmarried. That would make sense. But um, remember, there's kids, mm-hmm. and then there's old people, and then there's widows. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think that, of course, I don't think it's one is to five. Yes. Mm-hmm. I would think that uh, internationally, I think it's almost just slightly over half to less than half. Obviously. That's what I would think. But I would obviously stand corrected there with, um, with, yes. uh, with more information. Mm-hmm. But remember, we've got children. Yes. Okay, so when you look at these statistics, um, we're not exactly expecting children to what? To marry. To marry. That's number one. Number two, we've got people that are old, widows and widows sometimes, who are also not in that, in that capable range. Bracket, yes. And then also remember that not everybody wants to get married. <laughs> All right? Not everybody <laughs> wants to get married. So the assumption that um, we need polygamy because there will be too few women we 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 hinging it on faulty reasoning there. Right. What of the women that don't want to get married? <laughs> what of the men that don't want to get married? What of the the what the women who die? Oh, yes. Right, who die in marriage? Who need to be replaced? I don't know if that's making sense. I, I, I or the men who die who also need. So I, I I'm not sure that that that's that's completely right reasoning. What I do know from scripture. I mean, if we're talking about Christians, yes. whoever wants to find a wife will find a wife. Yes. Whoever desires to find a husband will find a husband. They will never, as far as I'm concerned, a person will stand up one day and say, God, I failed to get married because the men were too few or the <laughs> women, <laughs> that kind of a thing. Yeah. God is a way of always bringing you to who you want. So there's no reason to doubt God's statistics as it were Absolutely. to provide for us in terms of... Absolutely. Great. Mm. Yes, so how would you respond to um, that verse that we referred to in a previous podcast, Isaiah Isaiah 4.1, which reads, And in that day seven women will take a hold of one man, saying we will eat our own food and wear and provide our own clothes. Only let us be called by your name. Take away our shame of being unmarried. And that being a justification for a man taking multiple women to say I am taking over their shame of being unmarried or I am <laughs> taking care of a widow's sexual needs, not just their physical and material needs. Like I said, um, I think uh, when you look at the book of Isaiah mm. or the Bible in general, how we interpret scripture is very telling or is very important. Yeah. A lot of uh, verses are taken out of context to introduce things that they're not talking about. So when you're looking into Isaiah, or even um, the other the other week we were talking about Hosea. Mm-hmm. I think we're talking about Hosea who was instructed to marry a prostitute, mm-hmm. right? If we just take it at face value and then just infer them to say that God tells Hosea, Hosea marry a prostitute, therefore every man out there, God expects you to marry a prostitute. Mm-hmm. We are basically twisting scripture to fit our own ends. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, that verse is not talking or instructing us specifically about marriage. Mm. It's a prophetic word that's describing a situation and a circumstance mm. in a whole totally different setting with regards to marriage, polygamy, 
or monogamy. So I don't think it's fair to take that particular verse okay. to, to refer to, 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 to such. I've obviously had a number of men, not even in the context of marriage, wanting to use that verse to excuse their philandering ways. So men will have girls, you know, normally say, you see this scripture here, Mm -hmm. many of them want me. So that uh, not so much to push the idea of polygamy, but to justify and defend, uh, like I said, philandering ways, that kind of thing. So when when we're coming to the Bible, when we're trying to establish what it says, right, let's remember how how it started. Let's remember how God set it in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And when he sets it in the beginning, as far as I'm concerned, He's very clear that he says um, a man shall leave his mother and father and shall be united to his wife. Mm-hmm. And like Jesus says, the two shall become one flesh. Mm-hmm. For me, it's, it's as clear as daylight. There. As clear as daylight. And anyway, we, which woman? I'll go back to myself for an example. Mm-hmm. Who amongst us here is saying all seven of us are going to share one iPhone? <laughs> You know, and we will say we're putting all our statuses on this iPhone and we'll be changing it Mm -hmm. regularly so that uh, we love this iPhone. Come on, let everybody have their own phone Mm -hmm. and enjoy the exclusive usage of -hmm. their phone and not use Isaiah to try to justify what Isaiah is not really talking about. Mm. Okay. All right. This has been such an interesting discussion. I think maybe the one other question that I might have would be how would you deal with a congregant who was um, married in the conventional way, monogamous, mm-hmm. and who has decided that they want to be polygamous and they want you to marry um, them to their next wife? Oh. That's a good one, eh? That's a good one. What do you do? Um, firstly, when, um, firstly, I would... I would come back to an issue of marriage generally within the church. Mm. I think every church must have a structure of dealing with marriage mm-hmm. that, um, um, what can I say, immunizes marriages from the ills of marriage, mm. right? Before we even look at issues of cheating, infidelity, and so forth. There are many challenges that face marriage that I think every church must have some sort of ministry that's specifically directed at uh, assisting marriages to what? To have very fulfilling marriages. Mm. So when you find out uh, a man who is wanting to take another wife, um, before we even look at uh, dealing with that, we might want to find out the reasons for such a person to be in, a, in, in that kind of a position. Now, when you have, a, a, as far as I'm concerned, a good marriage uh, ministry or things or a program or some sort of platform that addresses marriage. I believe that you minimize the chances of, um, of people being in such a setting. And then practically as well, in some countries, it's completely difficult once a person is formally married to take on another wife. That's mm-hmm. just speaking at a very legal perspective, supposing uh, certain, certain marriages are within certain, uh, are aligned to certain laws. Mm-hmm. Then it means that trying to even take another wife just from a legal perspective, is wrong. But let's, let's speak practically here. Uh, obviously, if a person comes to me, uh, I would, would obviously sit down together and just uh, review what exactly it is that they're wanting to do and why they're wanting to do. Mm-hmm. In, in, in looking at the what they want to do, the whys, I believe that we can come with a situation that would make them be like some of us who are uh, happily married uh, to the one person. It's possible to be content. 
you know, and happily married to your one person. Mm-hmm. Um, remember, monogam- monogamy is not a sin. Yeah. God is not about to strike those that are married to one woman yeah. with thunder and lightning, <laughs> right? And ask them, why in this world are you not picking up another woman? Mm-hmm. So, so as, as, as much as we do this, there's nobody who went to hell because they were married to one wife, yeah. right? So in, in sitting and in talking with these, we mustn't lose the benefits that actually come with being married to, to one wife. We mustn't, we mustn't uh, gloss over them. We mustn't forget them. Mm-hmm. And then we mustn't obviously uh, uh, give room to issues of lack of contentment and so forth. Oh. Because sometimes when, before we even talk about finding another wife, even when people cheat, mm-hmm. sometimes when people are, um, are, are exercising infidelity, sometimes they get to realize that what they think they're looking for, yeah. you know, it's, it's, a, it's a non-existent uh, fad. Yeah. As it were. So you'd sit down the person, obviously have a chat with them, and by mm. God's grace, um, keep them from necessarily following that path. Mm. Mm. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's good. And, and I like the way you said that. <laughs> it's not a sin. Like, <laughs> people, I guess from my perspective, just generally concerning issues like this, we tend to, to try and justify so to speak some of our internal struggles like for example if i'm discontented to then blame it and say no this is a setup i'm allowed to do this when it's actually an issue that's supposed to be dealt with sometimes on you Mm -hmm. and this happens not just in terms of polygamy but Mm -hmm. in a whole lot of settings where Mm -hmm. people become unsatisfied with the lives that god gives them because if, as human beings, we always want the next best thing. We mm. want the new thing. We want I, it's an inert struggle that we have to be content with with what we have. And, and you know, I'm reminded of this uh, great author. This author, rather, um, he said something I, I I liked about contentment, which a lot of people I, I believe have no idea or don't appreciate. This is what he says about contentment. He says contentment is not having what you want. Contentment is wanting what you have. You see? So sometimes, so sometimes, you know, uh, we can give you the best phone in the world Mm -hmm. and you still not want the best phone. You see? So a lot of people have got good things that they don't want. So they're not content. So they think that maybe if I go for the next thing. But but as long as you don't learn contentment, you know, Mm. you can get as much and you still not be, um, you know, you still not be content. Mm-hmm. King Solomon puts it this way: the leeches, two daughters, give and give. You know, in mm-hmm. other words, there are people who are always wanting more, who are always wanting more, yeah. wanting more, wanting more. If you don't learn or figure out contentment, then um, guess what? You'll never keep. Uh, you'll never actually be happy with what you have. Mm-hmm. It's also you're you're very right that uh, sometimes uh, there's issues of personal struggles that people have failed to manage. Mm. Sometimes we're not bold enough. We, we sometimes hide behind polygamy when the truth of it is it could also be just a lack of self-control. Hey. Just a lack of self-control. Yeah. Remember, the wow. Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Hey. What, what polygamy seems to remove from our lives is the need to exercise yeah. self-control. Wow. Because remember, it, it, and I don't want to be too controversial here, but 
the, the scripture doesn't really tell us, you know, about uh, uh, polygamy and how to handle it as it were, insofar as, okay, so what's the minimum number of wives? What's, uh, what's the maximum number of wives? <laughs> of <laughs> course, if, they'll tell you that uh, Moses says, as long as you're able to take care of them and so forth. So then we'd say, how about King Solomon? How about if I've got all the money in the world? In other words, I've got all the money that can take care of all the women. Does that then empower me? To you know, awesome. you see, we've all got limits. And there's, there's, we've all got some things in life we must agree that we can't have, even if we've got the power to. Mm -hmm. So even a person who can afford every car, yeah. surely he can't go out there and buy every car. Mm -hmm. Right? Even if I can afford all kinds of foods, surely I can't go out there and be eating a plate from here to five kilometers away. <laughs> so, 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 they, so, so, we, we, we what, what we see sometimes is hiding behind polygamy without actually addressing an elephant called lack of self control. Wow. Can you actually just, yeah. can you see something beautiful and then just say, I'll pass? Mm -hmm. <laughs> can you actually see a beautiful woman? Remember, temptation abounds. Mm -hmm. We tell people that are single that if you see someone who's beautiful, who's not your wife, you're not supposed to engage. We expect single people to exercise self-control. Yes. yes. Surely, can we not ex expect how, what more married people? Yeah. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Mm. If we expect hey. people, ordinary citizens, not to be corrupt, what more politicians and those that are in power? You get the sense. The standard is higher. Exactly. So, mm. I mean, if a single person is supposed to be self-controlled, what about me who's married? Mm. So, I think um, sometimes those are other angles that are never really addressed as we seek to, you know, to just walk about and, uh, and pepper this uh, uh, with, uh, with uh, all sorts of justification. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that well, is. That's really interesting. And um, I must also say it takes work. It takes work just to be a husband of one wife. Yeah. Mm. I'm trying to think of spaces and gaps in my marriage where I can say, you know what, I've got more space for somebody else. You know, my one wife is enough work, not in a bad way. Yeah. For me, I can't imagine the amount of investment I'm putting in her mm -hmm. to even find more space to put that with same. Because remember, what you if if you're having more than one person as well, you have to remember the energy mustn't be diminished. Yeah. Whenever you, you see, interact with the different... Exactly. Mm -hmm. It mustn't be more here and less yeah. there. Now, I'm speaking from experience here to say, I can't even imagine, you see, how the energy I put out, right, could be even apportioned to another person. Now, I know somebody out there could say, I've got all the energy. I would ask, what about time? What about mm -hmm. time? Something you can you see, control. Remember, time is a fine. Uh, we don't have unlimited time, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So, supposing you know, two wives have got uh, uh, one birthday or two birthdays on the very same day, mm -hmm. and both wives want something totally different in terms of a celebration. I mean, on your birthday, wouldn't you love it instead of me taking you two wives to one restaurant to celebrate your birthdays? Would you not like it if? You had your own time yeah. with me yeah. to celebrate your birthday. Even if I was to do a party for you, mm -hmm. would you want me to do a party for you too <laughs> amongst people? All right, Or rather, yeah. you'd want a party for you by yourself. Mm -hmm. So, you see, time 
just shows us already that there's a there's a glitch in this system which come on would you not rather prefer so i'm i'm trying to say you know what it's 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 far easier to handle it as far as i'm concerned um one on one as opposed to one on two three four or whatever yeah. mm-hmm. wow it's interesting because i think i've heard people try to use the excuse that no you know the love that you have for this one wife and the love that you have for the second one and the third one is is different um and i've always wondered whether those women are actually satisfied with whatever it is that you think you are giving them in in its difference in whatever way that means oh well, you know what 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 we find is that sometimes women in such settings they would say we are Mm. Of course they would say they are. Yeah. Right just like um a side chick as people like to call them. Yes. Some are perfectly fine with being side chicks. But I always emphasize if you asked them supposing you had the once the the opportunity to have this person for yourself. Mm. The same way you'd ask people that are sharing a car. Would you rather share one car between the two of you or the four of you or would you just rather have your car knowing whenever it is that you need it is there so so um sometimes i think um people may say that but really in in practice if you gave them this choice none of them would tell you to go to hell because they would rather share a man than have him by themselves yeah wow <laughs> this is interesting yeah that's always yeah. the The, the death blow <laughs> yes like i'm saying bring people in a polygamy and ask them ask them would you complain to god if for whatever reason the other women were removed and you stayed with your husband would you be bitter forever and say god why did you let whatever reason happened mm-hmm. whether they died or whether they were released mm-hmm. or whether they left by themselves mm-hmm. right would you then if you stuck around with your husband be bitter to the day you die to say that you know what i remained with my husband it was just the two of us and no it never worked we needed another three to be part of us i promise you nobody would ever come up and complain about that and in practice i don't really believe that you can love two people equally that's what, you know i was thinking about that when we we're talking about a person saying love you know jesus says you can't serve masters mm-hmm. he says you can't serve two masters is talking about slaves and masters mm. and says you can't even save two masters mm. when it comes to god says you shall have no other god but me mm. now when it comes to love people of god if you can't even save two masters you love one and hate the other what about two wives mm. of three wives like i said it's just that unfortunately we never on our side ever take time to research If you go practically into where there is polygamy you always find out that the scales will be twisted or tilted rather mm-hmm. in a certain direction. Yeah. It may never be publicly acknowledged mm-hmm. because obviously we're defending a turf. But mm-hmm. there's somebody who's got more sway. There's somebody who's got more attention. There's somebody who tends to get more resources. Mm-hmm. There's somebody who tends to get more sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it or not mm-hmm. and and all sorts of things so it's 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 never it's never equal so what may actually happen practically even though it's not publicly acknowledged is sometimes in such settings people toe a line which they're not necessarily happy with 
Okay, so they told a line. Um, you, the husband, comes to your house on Wednesdays. So even though they don't really like it, this is how things are. We mm-hmm. just say we're happy with it. Mm-hmm. Hey, but how come, uh, why is it on, on, on such a, remember uh, Rachel and, um, Leah. and Leah. There's a time when um, Leah wanted a husband, but the guy wasn't just coming. Mm. And so Rachel comes to her and says, hey, I want some mandrakes. And Leah starts pushing up a fight with the sister. Isn't it enough that you want her, you've already taken my husband, never mind the fact that the guy had originally wanted Mm -hmm. (laughs) Rachel. She says, you've taken my husband. This is the bigger sister. Now you even want to take these things. All right. And then Rachel has to strike a deal with Leah. That if you give me these things, I will allow him to come to your house. What you're seeing there, it would seem that Jacob's going to Leah Mm-hmm. was in the hands of Rachel. Wow. You see? Now yeah. there's Leah there. Um, but the point I've, I'm, I'm coming from here is, remember, what if I'm just wanting him and today is not my turn? Mm-hmm. But I really just need him. Maybe to talk to him. Maybe for affection. Mm-hmm. Maybe for a hug. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Today is not my turn. Yeah. It means that tonight I could be just uh, biting my fingernails, <laughs> accepting reality, <laughs> right? <laughs> when it ought not to be so. Yeah. Hey. You see, and I'm saying, like I said, the public face of the public response to this would be we've got a way we've worked this out. That's what you hear publicly. Mm-hmm. But practically, you never really hear the voice of someone who says, hey, on that day, you know, something happened with my kid. My kid started crawling, but ah, dad couldn't be there because he was in the next house. Mm-hmm. You see, so I really wanted to share that moment with them and take pictures of them, but oof, that couldn't be there. So, 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 so that is a loophole that will never usually be publicly acknowledged. Yeah. It's just uh, publicly say to, you know, we've got ways we work these things out. Mm-hmm. But I think each one deserves their own one person. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this has been good. Yes. Thank you so much, um, PC, for the profound words. Yes, we're so grateful. Always. We're so grateful for you sharing your wisdom and taking us over to the practical side because I think it's easy to have a very theoretical um, discussion about this kind of a topic. But when you really think about it practically, there's some issues and problems that come up that you may not have considered. So thank you for that, Pastor Craig. And and I'm thankful to be here as well. I think um, it must be clear that um, if you find people in such a setting, don't Mm -hmm. condemn them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't speak evil of them. Mm -hmm. Some people, however way they got in, we, we, we may never really be able to tell. Love them, hug them, yeah. you know, support them. Um, I know we've talked about polygamy probably at its very perfect application. Yes. There's places where polygamy also is um, not working, mm-hmm. where some are forgotten, marginalized, sometimes abused and so forth. So it's also good sometimes when you find people in places like that to, to put a hand around them and walk Walk with them. Yes. So the, the polygamy that's normally sold to us is there are enough resources, everybody is able to take care of them. That's not mm. entirely true. Mm-hmm. Yes. If a church comes and finds that there's gaps in such a place, I think the church must also offer assistance, practical assistance to people like that. So it must always be clear in, in having this discussion that um, you're not coming with a hammer to beat people, mm-hmm. but neither are we exactly coming to clap hands and condone and tell people, hey, it's sinful to be married to one person. Try this out. Mm-hmm. That kind of a thing. Thank you. Wow. Ah, those are some amazing parting words because, you know, it's important. Sometimes we get too, you know, 
what's the term? Too dogmatic and about mm. it, just like cast them out and mm. whatever. But it's more like like we were having for this discussion to say, for those who are not in there, who are trying to find out and weigh their options, mm. do we get into this or not? And for those who are in there who need help, the church is still there. Christians are still there to support regardless of the situation. Mm. And, then, then, and that's important. Yeah. All right. Otherwise, it's been good. That's the end for this. That's the end of this podcast for this week. We'll check you guys out next time. And we're out. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.